On this episode of the Spiritual Awakening Show, I'm sharing about a few different ideas. I'm going to be talking about Kundalini, top-down versus bottom-up awakenings, the distinction between heart-based awakenings and head-based awakenings, going beyond non-duality as a spiritual approach, and seeing God in all. These clips are cut from a private session that I had with the listener recently. Prior to each clip, I share a little bit of context to make things more clear. If you're interested in a private session with me over audio or video call, you can find out more at brentspirit.com sessions. I do charge a fee. However, at the time of recording this podcast, I am able to give some of my time to those who cannot budget for it right now. Just reach out. And of course, you can also approach me with any questions, comments, or suggestions as well over email at info at brentspirit.com. Enjoy the episode. This discussion was shared between myself and a spiritual aspirant in the midst of a kundalini awakening process. For much of her life, she served others in very direct and meaningful ways. Within the past year, she's begun to experience kundalini rising up to her heart. She feels love and devotion in her heart center. However, sometimes she thinks that because the kundalini hasn't yet activated her crown chakra at the top of her head, she's missing out on the awakening of non-dual awareness and oneness that takes place there. In this clip, I do my best to explain that some people experience the awakening of the crown chakra and non-dual awareness and the perception of oneness prior to the awakening of the lower chakras, whereas others, like her, experience the awakening of kundalini rising from the lower chakras upwards first. It's not that the East is correct or incorrect. It's just that the East has just had more time to create sophisticated systems to explain the process that you're going through, right? So regardless of how you want to put it, how you, which, which sort of culture or tradition you want to look through it, the labels, the words, the language, you're going through the transformation of consciousness. And everybody goes through it a little differently. We have some people that are a little bit more predominantly like yourself, very heart-based. And there are some that are very much up, up here. And so I can tell by what you've shared to me about your your life, service, being in the heart. From the East, we call that karma yoga, right? The yoga of service, serving others, serving others so deeply that eventually this idea of me being a separate person in the world sort of falls away. I'm serving myself and that's why I'm giving so unconditionally because I see you as myself, so why wouldn't I help you? Why wouldn't I go out of my way to do everything I can for you? And people that are very much in the heart, this is how they operate in the world. And this is, of course, I would I would say that you're a very much a heart-centered person. Not that this is better or worse than people that are maybe more in the head. It's just a different disposition, a different character that has different themes. And of course, when we look at the energetic unfolding in the body, there's a much more specific uh, path that unfolds as opposed to somebody that's more intellectually based up in the head. So I don't want you to feel as if Kundalini is stuck in your heart. It's not stuck in your heart. You're a heart-centered person here in a heart-centered mission, here to live from the heart predominantly. 
there is still room for your kundalini to process and to move through your system and it does have work to do up in the head for you and that will happen in time it has its own agenda its own intelligence it knows exactly what it's doing everything is unfolding at exactly the perfect pace when you get to the head you will begin to have those experiences of non-duality it will make sense to you you will feel it you will have the, the quote-unquote knowledge right that knowledge of self the knowledge of the non-dual self of god right now you've got the feeling of that which is which is beautiful in itself but perhaps when you're exploring the teachings of somebody like rupert spira you maybe feel like you're missing out on something not so much because there are many people who are actually up in the head who have direct experience knowledge of the non-duality of the non-dual nature of consciousness but they don't feel that juicy sort of ecstasy in the heart and they feel dry they feel like there's something missing and at times they can get a little dishonest with themselves and sort of dismiss all that oh the heart love eh, human emotions this is all a dismissal a denial it's a little bit of uh, a putting off there's a lot of fear because when we go in the heart that's where you know we've had our hearts broken we've had trauma we've maybe been emotionally shut down throughout our lives so this is where a lot of difficult work has to be done emotionally and so that's why some people who have the intellectual opening either spontaneously or as a result of deep inquiry who am I what is the nature of reality to explore on the level of the mind they can have a big opening it's fantastic but then there's a lot of trauma and stuff in the body that needs to be addressed. And so it's a very masculine approach in that way. And so I don't want you to feel as if there's something wrong with your, with your process. Absolutely not. It's only been about seven, eight months. This takes years. For some people, it takes years. For some people, maybe one or two years. But where you're at, it's still quite early. But nonetheless, I am very impressed with the progress that you've made and I can tell that you're very well on your way to a very successful easy smooth unfolding there will be some challenges there will be some difficult periods doubt will arise some emotional things that you get to clear within your system will arise uh, there will maybe be some confusion there maybe will be some some psychological hurdles that you need to you know hop over and that sort of thing but overall I can tell because your life leading up to this point has been so much about service slowly you've been chipping away making way for that kundalini to rise through you at this point in your life so that it can be a rather smooth unfolding I can tell you a little bit about myself because I feel it sort of uh, juxtaposes your your approach or your path your process your disposition so I came from a very intellectual uh, approach uh, not only because I'm a male a man naturally I just had a very masculine uh, disposition and so when we look at spirituality and yoga the masculine approach is, is yana yoga which is the yoga of knowledge so it's not the yoga of service of karma yoga it's the yoga of knowledge so I would sit and contemplate who am I what is the nature of reality where are my thoughts coming from where are they returning to right um, when I would look around the world and I would explore ideas of non-duality I was you know try and wrestle with these things and eventually I did have a an opening up in the crown here 
and consciousness poured in and I saw everything around me was non-dual. Nothing was separate. Separation was... It, it was nothing. It was a total illusion. And so I spent a few years up here in the head, just like how these, these teachers that you're speaking about that come from this sort of heady approach. And I dismissed my trauma in the body. Oh, forget that. Relationships, whatever. Everything is non-dual. What do you need a relationship for? What do I need to do about working on my past? Past is an illusion. It's a story. The present moment is all there is. I was denying the body because the body was storing conditioning, trauma, tension. Chakras were blocked. Oh, forget the chakras. That's an illusion. Everything is one. All is one. All is consciousness. So that's where I was kind of hanging out. But like I said, I felt deep within, if I really got honest with myself, something was missing. This was too dry. My body wanted to relish in this awakening. And so when I began to meditate, the meditation shifted from being up here to suddenly there was this warmth in my heart. And I would just be with that warmth, kind of like how you were describing that that feeling of observing others, expressing love and expressing love yourself. There's like this blissful warmth in the heart. So I thought, oh, this is interesting. And I quietly kind of went there. You know, it was going a little bit against the ideas I had in my head about, well, forget love, forget the body, forget the world. But this, this feeling was calling me in to the heart. So I began hanging out there. And then that's when, you know, deep emotional purging started happening, crying, um, longing for love, longing to be in nature, just looking at a, a tree, a plant, uh, other people, and just feeling something much more than an intellectual thing of, oh, we are all one, like a robot, we are all one. It was more like this silent feeling of sharing being with other people, and it really was emotional for me. And so when I began to be vulnerable and enter into the heart, then eventually Kundalini awoke within me, and this sort of balanced my body, my system, my spirit out. So the awakening up at the head, great. Non-duality, sure. But now my body is involved in this awakening as well. So I feel balanced. I feel whole, masculine and feminine. So within, within the system of yoga, we have Shiva, which is the masculine god. And we have Shakti, his consort, his partner, which is the feminine. So Shiva is up at the crown. Shakti rises from the base of the spine. For some people, it's at the feet, but it rises from below to meet Shiva up at the top where they unite, and then there's that expression of non-duality. Then Shiva is Shakti, Shakti is Shiva. The heart is involved, the root is involved, We're very much human, but also there's a divine aspect of us as well that's been awakened up at the crown. So we are now transcendental and yet fully grounded in the world and we can share that with others so where you're at is a perfectly beautiful place to be nothing is going wrong it's early for you but eventually the kundalini will make her way up and she will meet shiva at the crown and you will have these very expansive transcendental awakenings and then beautifully because you've already done so much work in the body you'll be integrated very easily back into the world you won't have to go through what I had to go through was pretty much kicking and screaming. You know, I was saying, oh, I don't want to go back to the body. I thought I left the body where all my suffering was. I thought I had left this idea of Brent behind. I thought I left the past behind. I had to come back and say, I got I to gotta clean this system up. I have conditioning. I have trauma. I have to clean that up. But from what I can tell from you, you're doing the cleaning up 
prior to that awakening, which is which is great. It's actually, in in some respects, I can say it's a bit more logical and efficient. It's a bit more logical and efficient because my path was very difficult, very confusing, all over the place. Explored everything, talked to everybody. It was very very difficult to finally come to this point. But for you, you're going from a what we would call bottom up. I went top down. I would always personally recommend if I could. If I could wish a certain unfolding upon a person, it would be a bottom-up unfolding as opposed to top-down. So that's my message for you today about bringing a little bit of gentleness and ease and, and understanding to your path. Everything is unfolding perfectly at a really beautiful pace. When I look at you, it's almost like you're a... And I'm not saying this just lightly just to make you feel good. I, I really mean it's almost like you're just a, a prime example of somebody going through spiritual awakening in a very graceful, smooth, easy process compared to how difficult it can be if you end up having these awakenings as a result of trauma, intense trauma, drug use, or just spontaneously because life chose you to go through a difficult path. That's very intense, but sometimes very rapid unfoldings. And those people go through those processes because they have certain missions to fulfill. Maybe they've got to write a very heady book. Maybe they've got to write a trauma-informed book or a book that addresses plant medicine. But for you, very heart-based, very much about service. It's a beautiful, beautiful path. So really be at ease with yourself. Not you're Nothing is stuck. Nothing is stuck at all. Everything is unfolding really, really incredibly well for you. That's what I feel. That's what I feel. In this next clip, I address the fact that modern day non-duality and the direct approach is incomplete because it does not give credence to Kundalini and the relative world of form. Non-duality dismisses the world by saying that all there is, is awareness. This approach is too small for someone in the midst of a Kundalini process. Trying to fit in with the Neo-Advaita or the non-dual crowd is unimportant for one that is actively working with awakened Kundalini. Non-duality is an English word, and non-duality as a approach to spiritual development is a very Western thing, it's very new. If we look at the systems of yoga from the East, even if you look at Buddhism, non-duality is just a tenant just an idea, a significant one, an important one, but it's just a small part out of an entire massive, sophisticated system that encompasses things like reincarnation, that encompasses things like kundalini. Non-duality is perhaps one of the most important tenets because it implies a lack of separation, one without a second. But here in the West, that idea alone has become sort of the sole thing that people explore or speak about or talk about. It's like non-duality. Nothing else exists. All there is is emptiness, awareness, consciousness, and that's non-duality. There's no reincarnation. There's none of that. Well, what's interesting is to be able to even speak about non-duality, you have to acknowledge that there's something more than just pure awareness. Who's speaking? Who's listening? Right? There's something more there. That's like saying, "Oh, there's no sounds. There's only non-duality. There's only aware. There's only awareness. There's no. There's no sound in actuality." And yet here I am speaking sounds. So there's like this little bit of something is off. And the way I like to put it is because while people have taken a 
five to 10,000 year old tradition, extracted one word, Advaita, translated into English, had a sort of heady intellectual awakening, if they have at all. Some people just read about it and kind of grasp it on intellectual level. But some people have a sort of awakening up here and run with it. Because it's very convenient, like I've been saying, you don't have to address, you don't have to address trauma from this life. You don't have to address trauma from your past life. You don't have to contemplate those things. Why? Because it's a catch-all thing. All there is is awareness and we're good to go. That's it. Come to my come to my meeting. I'll tell you all there is is awareness. You ask me a question, I'll dismiss the question by saying, um, well, all there is is awareness, so we don't need to talk about reincarnation. We don't need to talk about trauma. Oh, you had a Kundalini experience? Phenomena, ego, your mind's playing tricks on you. All there is is awareness. The people that have had a genuine Kundalini experience would never say that because they know. Because they know. It's very, very significant. So I don't want you to feel as if you have to sort of figure out how to how to get down with some of those more direct path people. Because sometimes people will speak to me like that. And I, I'll say, you know what? I used to be where you were at and I thought the same thing until my heart started to swell up with love. And it called me back into the body. And I hope that grace has that unfolding for you as well. But I don't try to convince anybody or push anybody into, into getting down with it. But I also recognize that the overall, the, the overarching systems of yoga, the, the overall spiritual path transcends that very small non-dual sort of, sort of theme there. In this next clip, I explain how one can turn their work of service into a very serious and powerful meditative practice of devotion. Sitting meditation is important, but one can cultivate a deep spiritual transformation through service as well. Because this seeker is so heart-based and involved in service, it was important for me to share this message with her. And I want you to be easy on yourself too. If you miss a meditation, it's fine. If you, if you don't feel like it, it's fine. I want you to try and be very organic and spontaneous with your path. Set goals, set commitment, and that's fine. But I don't want you to beat yourself up because this is way beyond I go, I go to yoga three times a week. This is way beyond that. You're moving like nature now. Nature has no schedule. It moves very organically. And that's how, that's how things are going to unfold for you. When you're out in the world, living your worldly life, that can still be a very much part of what's called your sadhana, your practice. So when you're serving others, see it as if you're serving God. If you like, if you like the Hindu tradition, or it kind of resonates with you and appeals to you, when you're serving a man or a masculine, uh, a person with the masculine energetic disposition, you're serving Shiva. When you're serving a woman, you're serving Shakti. You're, you're serving God, you're serving the goddess. And so when you see that person, you're not serving, you know, John or whoever it is. Now you're, you're serving God. And there's no distinction. That's non-duality. You, God is serving God. And so that can, that will just deepen your practice a little more. Yeah, that will just deepen your practice a little more. And so even out in the world, it's not that that's getting in the way of your practice. That is your practice. And, and, and Kundalini, for some people, they have a very much, uh, like we were talking about, a very much a, a head-based 
disposition and they become geniuses so they may be musicians artists writers philosophers inventors some people it's in the heart it's service it's service now i'm not saying that you can't become a genius if you're all about the service or vice versa but for me i get the sense that you're here to be of service share that love with others to be with those people and they will really will feel it they may not know what's going on with you but they will feel something special is about you they will feel the god within them because you are honoring the god within them so you don't have to talk to people about awakening and spirituality you can transmit it from your heart okay if you like that idea god is serving god i have a quick story for you there is um there was a a a yogi a, a sadhu you know an enlightened master and he's living very humbly he's sitting on on the road and somebody gives him a little bit of scraps of food and he splits that food up with a dog and so he's eating some of the food and the dog's eating some of the food next to him and then a man comes by who's like a you know a businessman he comes by and he starts laughing at this yogi and he starts laughing at him saying oh look at this guy you know sharing all this scrap food with a dog and the yogi says God is laughing at God eating with God and that's what's happening here that's all there is is God all there is is God so when you serve another person you're serving yourself you're serving God however you want to look at it it will really benefit you and the other in, in very profound ways so don't feel as if you need to sit 20 minutes a day in meditation. That can be your practice as well. I would definitely encourage you to bring some meditation, some silent meditation in, into your practice, but don't feel as if the things you're doing when you're out and about can't be meditative. They absolutely can be, okay? In this final clip, I share about Kundalini as a healing and transformative energy. I speak about some of the nuances of the healing journey and how to sit with whatever may arise, knowing that it's all part of the process. With the Kundalini process, it's interesting somehow we've avoided speaking about this until now. With the Kundalini, it is a healing energy. It's a healing force. It's going to purge the conditioning that you've been carrying with you, sometimes in very clear ways. So you may have a sort of vision or a sort of regression into a childhood experience where you had a, a difficult emotional time and, and you'll relive it and through that reliving is actually it being brought up to your from your subconscious to your conscious mind and then released into the light of consciousness to be returned back to all that is instead of being carried around with you so you may have to go through these sort of um, regressions you may have things that are a little less clear so you may wake up one day just sad no idea why just sad everything in your life is great relationships are good health is good money's good food is good everything is good but you're just sad let that sadness be there something deep within you is being released it may have been sadness from your childhood it may have been sadness that you as a healer as an empathic person took on from somebody and you've been carrying that with you for so long and you didn't know and when that sadness is released you will feel lighter refreshed more joyful than you've ever felt before because that sadness 
just as an example, I'm not saying that there's sadness within you like this, but just as an example, that sadness was being carried around with you all of this time and it was maybe 5% in the background for the past 20 years. And when that's gone, you'll feel as if you let go of like a backpack that you were carrying around for so long. So that's what the energy is going to do. It's going to really clean you up and heal you up. Sometimes it has physical pain. So you may feel a little back pain. You may have some sort of muscle spasms as tension in the muscles are released, especially the legs. For me, from what I've heard and understood, there is a period during the Kundalini process where the legs go through an intense transformation because the legs, when we go into fight or flight, the legs swell up with adrenaline, with blood, because they're ready to run or fight. And sometimes if we don't properly release that flight or fight response, that tension stays in the legs and we carry it with us for some time throughout our lives. So you may have some periods like that where your legs are spasming and sore and tense. Just know that all of this system is being cleaned up and transformed by the energy. There may be physical symptoms, maybe physical signs, emotional signs, psychological signs, confusion, anxiety may arise, intense thoughts, fearful thoughts, nerves, anger, rage, or I had a lot of anger come up as well. So what I did, especially when it's emotional, I recognized and I was blessed to, for the most part, understand that other people in my life don't need to be involved in my emotional purging and clearing. So when I was angry, I recognized, okay, anger's coming up. Now is not a good time for me to pick a fight with somebody I'm, I'm relating with. This is totally personal. I'm snappy right now. I need to take space. I don't want to wreak havoc on other people. And so for the most part, I wasn't always successful, but for the most part, I recognize, okay, I've got to just stay in my room and go through this. I don't need to involve other people because it's got nothing to do with the people around me today. This is something from my childhood, from my past life, whatever it may be. I honor the emotion, I release it, I come out of my room and I'm much more kinder to people than I ever was. Or I like to I like to practice being much more kinder to people than I ever was. I'm a work in progress, you know, I'm not a saint. But because I've been able to allow the Kundalini to clear me of these things, this has allowed me to be more loving towards myself and then be able to express that more towards other people. So that's that's what you're going through. It's gonna it's gonna clean you up, tidy you up. Like I said, you've done a lot of great work on yourself already. Uh, you don't seem like a very difficult sort of mess. Some people can be, you know, as a result of abusing their system, being abused by others, but you seem to be in, in, in good place. So that's it for today's episode. I hope you got something out of it for your own personal journey. If you'd like to connect with me, you can visit brentspirit.com where you can find out more about these one-on-one sessions that I offer you can send me a message by the contact form, and you can also download my free ebooks and audiobooks. I look forward to connecting with you all. Thank you so much for listening. I'll catch you later. Peace.